And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 154, aka season 2, episode 22. Uh, as always, I am your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with MC. And since we usually do this show as a call in, but we're doing it as an odd hour uh, this week, so you're probably not aware that we're even on, uh, I'll give you the numbers. Just write them down or go to our website, 303 335 9527, or 303 835 1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. So like I said, we're we're getting started a little bit early this week. Uh, Anything on your mind you want to get off your chest? I have something something to that effect. In my mind. Uh uh, I took some some Kratom. Uh, I bought some because the government's talking about outlawing it. (laughs) And uh, so I thought I'd let everybody know that I tried it and... uh, it's it's not it's not scary it's not um super it doesn't get you high um <laughs> it, uh it reduced for me it reduces anxiety that was the number one thing it did um okay but it also just made me feel just like comfortable just like like everything was was good now i don't have any pain well not much pain issues I mean, my my neck once in a while my back or whatever but uh yeah, I felt totally comfortable in whatever I was doing, you know, with the environment and and everything. So um, that's that's the best way I can describe it. It just made me feel comfortable. <laughs> nice. And it's something that you have recommended to me in the past because I do have pain. Um, and un- unfortunately, the supplier that you told me to go through was like non-responsive to my messages. So um, mm-hmm. I, I have not tried it yet. I'm still open to it. Uh, maybe this is more for a, a, an off-air conversation, but we'll have it on here. Um, but I, I, I'm, my pain is currently being managed yet again through other means. So I just got another steroid shot uh, in my knee the other day. Um, it's supposed to kick in over this weekend, so I'm supposed to be like going to be pain-free for the next month or so, uh, which will allow me to rehab my current injury. And I've also got a prescription for some like low-level painkillers um, to manage that. Um, but barring all that, cause nothing has worked in the past for over two years now. Um, nothing has worked. Um, you know, which is why I've, I've even, you know, I've tried CBD oils. Um, you know, I don't never, never did figure out what the real legality of that was here for me. Cause I'm not, you know, in Hawaii, I'm not a, I'm not a marijuana card holder and I don't really care. Right. Like I go, well, it, it'll either work or it won't work. And that also did not work for me. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I know what works. Right. I'm, I'm aware of what works, but I can't get the prescription for it um, because it's like, you know, it's part of the whole um, opioid epidemic right. Right, that everyone's trying to avoid. And I go, well, you know, th- there's a reason for that. Right. Like when 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 I first got my injury, they had me on um, oxys and that was wonderful. And then they downgraded me to like some Vicodins and that was not as wonderful. Right. Even 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 that level of, you know, opioids, right, did not set me at ease the way the higher-level Vicodins did. Not, not, I mean, the higher-level Oxys did, mm-hmm. right? The Vicodins just didn't cut it. And I was warned about that, like, by my mom, who's, you know, got the got the prescriptions necessary, you know, to, to handle, to manage her pain. Um, call it addiction or call it whatever you want, right? It, you know, if, if you're in pain and you take painkillers, I, I struggle calling that an addiction, it's the people who aren't in pain who abuse painkillers 
right? Or, or use panic. I don't even want to call it abuse, right? As long as you're, as long as you're a functioning adult who can get stuff done, right? I don't really care what your drug of choice is. Um, and I think mine, if I had a choice, right, I would not shy away from alternatives, but I also would not shy away from what I know works, right? So if, if Kratom cure, if Kratom was able to like cure my pain, right, I would take that. But so far, nothing else has, you know, except for what I know works, which I haven't been able, which I haven't taken um, in a long time because, you know, I'm, I don't want to pay for it, right? Like that's the, the one benefit of about going through insurance is like they, they cover that shit. And since the accident wasn't my fault, I'm, I'm hesitant to outlay any of my own money for any of this stuff, right? It's a, it's a, it's a mental block for me, uh, but I would have for Kratom. I would have tried it just to see, um, and maybe, maybe when I cycle off my current round of like, this will fix you, um, well, we'll talk to you more privately and, and maybe give me some of that stuff too. <laughs> right on. Um, so the bad thing about it is, uh, the method that I took it, um, Uh-oh. so you just put it on your tongue and, and pound it down like it, and it's, and it's a powder, right? So, you know, think of something like the cinnamon challenge, you know, <laughs> Jesus, you're trying not to breathe it, but it doesn't, it doesn't have that reaction in your, in your mouth, but it, okay. I mean, it is dry. You can feel it, you know, on your tongue, you know, as your saliva is mixing with it and it's, and it, it's almost like a, like a, a muddy, dirty, um, uh, substance almost, um, but it tastes it tastes herbal, so it's it's like a herb, but uh, it's actually just uh, you know some type of plant leaf that's crushed and ground and and uh, anyway that was that was the the hard part was just getting it down and uh, after that no no real side effects. Um, so some of the powder is uh, you know lines the back of your throat and it's hard to uh, get rid of. So could you uh, stir it into a drink? Because I would I would not just fucking chew on powder. Right. Um, so you can, uh, the, the first time I ever tried it, uh, I actually had it with tea and then the okay. second time was with coffee, but this is the, this is the first time where I think I got the whole effect cause I actually ingested the whole, the whole powder. Right. Okay. Um, so yeah, you can, you can make tea out of it. Um, but it does leave, you know, a little bit of, uh, like sludge or something on the, on the bottom of it. Right? Okay. So well, it's kind of a, even kind even the CBD oils have. when I did that right like I would either take I would either put it into a capsule and take it as a capsule, mm-hmm. um, or I would just put the drops in like a shot of juice right because I like sweet right. things. Right. Um, so the kratom out if it's a spoonful I would just like stir a spoonful into like a shot of something that tastes good, just so yeah so I would ingest the I'm, whole thing I wouldn't I'm leave sludge sure, at the bottom. I I'm pretty sure it 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 would just taste like kratom whatever you put it in. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Like it's well, chase it's it. It's hard then. to, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. You have to chase it with something. I mean, you ha- it's it's hard to get down. So the, the other I feel thing the same way about like apple cider vinegar. Yeah. Like, all right, give me a little spoonful and something much, else after. Much worse. Much worse. <laughs> the powder. Kratom is much worse, but, or apple cider vinegar yeah, is much worse. Uh, kratom is much worse. Oh Jesus! But so, uh, be- because it because it leaves that that uh, you know sticky, you know dirty feeling in your mouth and it's it's like it's almost like eating dirt but so the solution to that is um pills you know pill form so um i actually have some pills but i don't have a way to to load them easily so (laughs) still working on that 
You mean like the little funnel to get it into the into the capsule? Yeah, either yeah, either a funnel or some type of machine or some type of, some type of thing to you know just load it so you can fill them up and then put the tops on, you know, something just to hold them. Probably that's how it works. But Sheet. I don't know. Just roll up a I piece see, of paper, man. Yeah, there's there's I mean there's stuff on online I can order. I just haven't done it yet. I'm just saying a paper funnel, right? Like we used to give we used to like do that at the gas station when you know. People like need to put oil. Like, oh, well, sorry, we don't have paper funnels, and can't borrow our funnel because someone else already has. You just like, you know, a sheet of paper <laughs> is good enough for like a quick load. Just roll up the funnel, the 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 nose part, the the small part of the funnel, are small enough to like fit into the into the capsule, and just pour the powder down the big spout. Shake it. Hmm. Tap it tap, 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 tap. Right on. So, uh, what's going on in your world? Uh not much. Not this early, anyway. Um. So, I, I don't know how much I don't know how much we got into it the last time, um, but I kind of. So you came out to dinner with uh, us the other week. Was it last weekend already? This past weekend, mm-hmm. and I had a prime opportunity because of the way people were seated at the table, and I kind of feel, I I feel like I need to be talked down, out of an idea. Um, and I don't, and I, and I think that that would have been an opportunity to do it because I had, I had people from both sides able at the table, right? And so let me, let me get the idea out before I bury the lead too much. And then hopefully you can talk me down, right? So I've always, I've always self-identified, not always, but as recently as I do, uh, as far as the anarchist experience is concerned, I've self-identified um, as an ANCAP. And one of the reasons uh, I self-identify as an ANCAP is because, well, number one, you know, as an anarchist, I don't want any state interference in any part of anybody's life, lives at all. But I also think um, that in the absence of the state, a, a natural capitalistic economy will form. And the reason I think that is mainly because... Um, I follow the economics side of things, right? Like I, I, I went to school, I studied economics. Um, it wasn't the greatest study in economics, but it also like led to an interest that also led me to the Austrian school of economics, which I go, oh yeah, that makes a lot more sense than the shit they taught me in college. Um, and one of the fundamental, I guess, uh, lessons in economics and, and more precisely Austrian economics is how people behave uh, given scarcity and limited resources, right? That's one of the reasons why we're, we are big private property proponents, um, is because there's just not enough resources to go around, right? Like not everybody can have everything and therefore there must be a way to allocate what we do have amongst people most appropriately. All right. Welcome user entering the channel. (laughs) hey in lieu of a phone call since we don't have that set up apparently who are you and what are you doing here hey this is bronson hey uh, listen in welcome bronson you missed the discussion on on uh, some drugs that i'm taking and on uh we we just started talking about uh anarcho-capitalism and and, and how we got to, or how, and how Rich got to this point. So, oh, okay. Wait, wait, in his, what, in what his philosophy about uh, cre- kratom. 
What is that? Kratom is a, a herb or a, it's a, a leaf that's turned into a powder and uh, it's a pain relief. It's, it attaches to the same uh, system as opioids, and uh, but it doesn't get you high and it doesn't have a lot of the side effects. Uh, so yeah, hmm. pa- pain relief and anti-anxiety and stuff like that. Oh, okay. I, uh, I take the smart pill. I don't know if I told you that or not. I take it periodically. Is it approved by the government? Uh, well, you need a DEA authorization, and that's the problem I'm running into now because I only have one left. And uh, my my old doctor, he he moved to a different facility. So, um, and he was the only one in, in in that whole facility who was authorized to prescribe this drug. And so uh, that's uh, the issue now. I'm trying to find a doctor who's authorized by the DEA to prescribe it. Wow. Yeah, and it's like because of the government, it. It, like uh, 30 pills ended up costing like 700 bucks or something crazy like that. Hmm. All right. Do, hey, Rich, do you want to get back into uh, uh, the study of economics or? Sure. Um, uh, but real quickly, uh, have you found a distributor online? Because I know there's a bunch of like Canadian and uh, Indian yeah, pharmacies I, that will just I sell just it to you. I, I know. I, I would definitely do that. I'm just thinking like the government could possibly be watching on me and waiting for me to you know, do something like that and just bust me. So, I mean, yeah, they, that's definitely, you, you can do that for sure. You can do that. Um, okay. But if you are being watched, which I suspect I may be, um, <laughs> like they, could just, they could just pounce on me immediately and use that as a pretext. Okay. I will say, whereas I know the feeling because we've, we've previously discussed my, my minor mild form of, of state paranoia um, <laughs> at the same time. Right. I'm just, no offense, because I don't want to get into a deep discussion about it, right? Like, I, I hate having to operate under the assumption that the government is, like, trying to watch me on the attack. Like, I just, I go out there and like, I hope they're watching me, because I want to set the example for everybody else that you can get away with this stuff. And then even buying the drugs illegally, right, would be a form of political activism to say that these are my medications that I've already been taking, and the government's not going to stop me from medicating myself in the best manner that I choose to medicate. I'd probably do that if I didn't have like family to look up after, and they'd they'd be basically screwed if if I were to get locked up. Sure thing. I think. And 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 I would say that that's why most people operate under the thumb of the government, right? Like yeah. even even tax conversations I've had with people that go like, "Well, I don't want to go to jail." I go, "Well, there's your reason right there." Right? <laughs> Everyone's well, I- got a reason not to act free. And for most people, I mean, it's like family and kids. Yeah, this this is true historically too. Like I, I watch a lot of uh, medieval shows and stuff like that, and they, uh, you know, when we think about it, it's like, oh, he just should have done the right thing. You know, he should he shouldn't have betrayed so and so. But then it's like, okay, his entire family is being held ransom, and if he does not go along with this, they're gonna sack his castle, kill everyone in there. You know, including the servants and everything. So. You know, it's not really that easy of a decision, especially historically. You know, like sometimes if you ended up on the wrong side of whatever conflict, you know, you're just, you're dead. That's it. Yep. Which is why I'm not going to give you shit for it. Because <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's, it's one of the, it's, it's unfortunately one of the reasons why government persists um, is because again, they, they play off of that narrative. Right. Which is that, you know, again, I've, I've said on the show before, there's there's 
there's a, a a biological drive to stay alive, right? And that 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 precludes people from entering into violent situations, um, but it also allows those willing to escalate to violent situations uh, to take advantage of those who are passive, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to look at it too. All right. So what what I was getting into, and this may be an excellent discussion for you uh, to have with me, um, only because I'm, I'm trying not to change my own mind. Um, and based on our last discussion, you really want me to change my mind. So I was say, I, I briefly was talking to MC about the reason why uh, I self-identify as an ANCAP. Um, and it's mostly, it's, it's the, the state part is self-explanatory, so I'm not going to get into that. But the economics is basically, uh, the, the capitalism side is mostly economics insofar as what do we do with limited and scarce resources and how do we allocate those um, most productively, right? Absent the state. Uh, and that's that's one half of my brain, right? And the other half yeah. of my brain, um, you know, be, because of some other uh, self-development work that I've done, um, unrelated to my anarchism, 100%, they lied to me. Um, says that, you know, uh, you, you got to take the example of Gandhi, right? Um, and be the change that you want to see in the world. And that, uh, there, you know, the, the scarcity is limitations that human beings put on themselves mentally. And then if we all change our minds, uh, and say to ourselves that the world is abundant and we can have it all, um, that magically that will manifest and be so. So what I'm what I'm what I'm trying to reconcile that with is um, the 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 ANCOMs um, and the futurists. And did we talk about um, the Zeitgeist people uh, on this show before? I'm sure we talked about them. The show yeah, we did that come? Okay, um, and those people who who want to exist uh, outside or who want to exist in a post scarcity world, right? Like that's their big part of their movement is we move past scarcity. <clears throat> into a, a post-scarcity <clears throat> world where you don't need private property uh, because everyone can actually have everything because machines or whatever. Well, it's, it's important to note that uh, there's no such thing as eliminating private property, like not even in a communist system. Uh, because, because property is an abstract social concept, it's impossible to eliminate. For example... I, I could say this is my arm, you know, I, I perceive it to be my arm, but it's not, it's, there's no way to objectively prove it. I mean, it's, it's equal for you to say that, you know, this is your arm, in fact, and that you own my body. Um, and the only way we, we solve these kinds of disputes is generally through mutual understanding that it's going to impose very high costs on you to control my arm, right, to like, to control another human being. It's very difficult. They can rebel. There's a, there's a lot of things they might use violence and, and things like that. So that's why that kind of property ownership is uh, it's hard. It's harder to implement. Whereas like smaller things like gadgets or whatever, your house, um, it, it's much it's much easier to enforce those kinds of property claims. So that's why they tend to be more recognized by society. Right, and I'll concede that because if, if we really get down to the philosophical discussion of property, um, I've always said it comes down to one of two things. It's it's either what you said, a mutual understanding, 
or violent your ability to violently defend it against encroachment right like i mm-hmm. we don't we don't have to go beyond that but i don't even the abstract idea of property um in in the economics world comes down to the allocation of scarce resources right and the capitalist side of thing goes well the best way to allocate scarce resources is for people to either declare or defend their ownership uh of those resources and then the communist side of things says, well, you, you, you ought not defend against that because there's enough to go around. And the zeitgeist and the post-scarcity people will say the same thing, right? Like there's, there's no even need for the concept of property um, because whatever you want, you can have. And no one would ever try to take that from you because if they want it, they could also have it. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, but I think, it, I think it would still, property would kind of still exist in the sense that you know, can someone just come into your house and take that as well, or how does that well, work? Well, well, they could, but it wouldn't matter, right? Because the, in post-scarcity, um, number one, there'd be no motivation to enter your house and take what was perceived to be yours because they could just have their own. And number two, if they did enter your house and take what's perceived to be yours, you could just go get another one, right? There's, you know, there's, there's no, there's no limit on what what can happen when there's enough resources to go around for everybody, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I still think you wouldn't fully eliminate the concept of property per se. Uh, you're still going to have some sentimental things that you value um, that can't really, you know, be quantified. Or like, let's say you don't want a copy of it, you want that one. Um, and you're going you're gonna, to, of course, defend it as yours. You're, you're, you've already, some switch has turned on in your mind where you've, determine that this is yours right this does not belong to anyone else this is mine i want it and i'm willing to fight for it sure and then again you know if if people are uh, violent averse right then if if that one holds sentimental value to you unless you're in a family feud right where both of you want grandpa's watch right it won't matter to the other person they'll just they'll just go get their own watch and it'd be the same as your watch and it would cost zero because that's how post scarcity works. Right. Ooh, well then I wouldn't, I wouldn't really much so much mind such a world. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's where I'm having the, the struggle and the dichotomy in my brain. So is, tell me, tell me what the conflict is here. I'm not, I'm not following it. Cause I didn't yeah. get there yet. See, okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> so on the one hand, Right, we uh, the the capitalist side of thing is an uh, understanding of how you allocate scarce resources, and the other side of my brain goes, well, I can sort of see where the zeitgeist people and the communists operate from, because if they believe in a post scarcity world, and the the Gandhi quote right that everyone loves to follow is "be the change you want to see in the world," then if we do want to get to if we do if we do Bronson want to get to that post scarcity world that you uh, just admitted you wouldn't mind having, right? Wouldn't it behoove us to operate as if we are already in that post scarcity world and act as the zeitgeist and communists do uh, insofar as being the change we want to see? And if we want to see post scarcity, we have to act as though we're already there. There's the conflict. Uh, I'm not sure what you mean, act as though we're already there. So we're not, we're not there. So you can't just go out and get a Lamborghini right now. That's um, true, but it, but a but a communist would right. They would just walk into the Lamborghini store and drive off without it because you know that's just. Well, yeah. If that's if that's the right thing to do, then they should do that. Um, obviously, the Lamborghini owner is 
is going to catch on and and not let any any communists yeah. come into the store, right? And they'll have they'll have a, probably an armed guard, you know, preventing. Yeah, such. I was going to say there is a reason that property rights developed in the way that they did. It's because they are practical. You know, it, it's a good way for us to reduce the violence associated with stealing and things like that because of the limited, uh, yeah. because of the scarcity of resources. That's why we have property. Um, if there wasn't this scarcity, they would, it would become less meaningful, so, and maybe meaningless. So Rich, uh, so to, to answer you, yes, uh, uh, a communist should, if they feel it's the right thing to do, steal everything, but and that also leads to communists should be in prison. Um, <laughs> because they're stealing but um and they're well, delusional but, but they they might be delusional but again the, are we disagreeing with the gandhi quote then because the the other half of me says that they're uh, operating I, if they I do that they're operating along the lines of being the change that they wish to see in the world mm. how are well, they the, how the are change they, they um... want to see is is theft though that's so they're they're, they're being they're turning into thieves and so if if they want if if they want to steal and be a thief, then that's that's their problem, right? <laughs> it it'll um, be their problem in our world. Right? Yeah, but it's it's not our world. It's just the world. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's just reality. Understood. Yeah, the we 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 have property rights because we have scarcity, um, and therefore people are going to defend those rights against so, communist stealing from them. I I would also say. I think it's more important to ha have the goal in mind. So if your goal is to get rid of scarcity, the number one thing that has brought in the, the least scarcity is capitalism. So if, if someone wants post-scarcity, they should be more pro-capitalism. And that's why I think uh, eventually the cryptocurrency revolution is going to bring us closer to post-scarcity. So much so that I believe we can structure uh, a digital currency in a way uh, that lets everybody not do anything if they don't want to. Um, they might not have as much as everybody else, but everybody could theoretically be able to survive off of the, uh, you know, the robots. And, and uh, if they want anything, you know, extra, then they could just you know, put in one hour a week and then, you know, then they'd have enough to, to get, everything else they want right so uh i think i think it's possible um but it's going to happen because of capitalism not because of getting rid of it well and again just this is more thought than me actually arguing with you because again i'm this is i'm struggling with this internally but i go well if if capitalism if capital capitalism leads to post scarcity right then then what would you call that because capitalism is already the best way to allocate scarce resources, but there there needn't be well, that system to allocate non-scarce resources. It's not just it's not just allocating scarce resources. It's being able to produce valuable resources with the scarce resources. So, uh, if everybody can get the things that they value the most easily, cheaply. Uh, because we've entered into the you know to the next level of uh, economy, then then that's that's no scarcity when you have you know everything you want. Yeah. Um, Go on. <laughs> so, yeah, there's there's always going to be 
limited resources. Well, no, that's the thing. That's 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 part of it, right? Like the the one side of things says that the the capitalist side of things says there's always going to be scarce resources, and how do we allocate that? And then there's well, the the post scarcity well, so, side of things that says there's not there's going to be unlimited the, resources to have anything you want. No, the and how do we get there now? The zeitgeist people don't say there's going to be unlimited resources. Um, what they say is there's going to be a computer controlling the, the limited resources to give everybody the things that they want unlimited. So, okay. they're, and they're, they're also assuming that people will not want, you know, their own Death Star, right? Okay. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, and, that, and that's and that's not true at all. You know, I want a Death Star, and and my you know my robots are going to build me one, whether anybody likes it or not. So. Okay. Um, I don't want to get hung up on on just the zeitgeist people. I, I threw that out there as an example because they're the, the well, leading example in my head about people looking also, for post scarcity. But they also have which is more uh, the concept a, a perceived way of of getting there. The only thing they have wrong is that they want to eliminate cash before we get to a society where everything is basically free. Right. And and part of me goes, well, that's that's reasonable if you if you if you take to heart the Gandhi quote. Right. Be it, it doesn't say like work towards the change you want to see in the world. It says be the change you want to see in the world. So if you don't want cash in the future, you operate without cash now. Right. You're going like, I'm just, and, I'm just not going to do it. And they should do that. Okay. They they should just, you know, I guess barter. <laughs> what else are they going to do? You know, <laughs> they obviously can't produce uh, a sheep without you know a farm. Without you know, without buying one, they'd not be able to come up with a sheep. You know, they can't okay. get one out of a computer, right? So <laughs> I don't know. Fucking, they they clone animals now. Yeah, they're they're trying, but um, they're gonna uh, they're they're gonna just grow. They're not not the sheep per se, like not a conscious sheep, but you. It's easy to grow lab grown meat, and it'll be easier than well it will be but to get there we need capitalism to make all this stuff yeah yeah I, I agree. okay yeah it's a necessary step in fact if you read a lot of marx um i believe he was he he envisioned it more like this more like an inevitability because capitalism has produced basically all this shit within society it would then make sense for you know people to just take control over the the means of production so in this case i guess 3d printers yeah, like Mark, Marx, it, Marx definitely had like a capitalist phase, right? That that produced almost everything, and then went and once that once they've done all their work, then we just take it, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you if you boil it down to its essence, right? That was that was pretty much it. Which is why it's always like post capitalism, post whatever. Um, but capitalism gets you there, and then after you know, after communism fails, then you cycle back to capitalism, and the cycle you know continues. Yeah, right. but I think he envisioned it in a in a society where there actually was no no scarcity, right? Where you know you actually could provide for everyone according to their need. Um, but I don't think he envisioned like Russia was essentially a medieval country whenever whenever the Soviet Union was created. You know, they were still they had serfs. To give you an idea, they had serfs and they had feudal lords and shit like that whenever they had a communist revolution. So they surely were not ready for that. They didn't even go through capitalism. Okay. So then, again, a follow-up question then is, do we then fault 
the communist and the zeitgeist people, right? I'm, I'm not lumping them all together, just separate categories on the, sa- on the other side of the coin that I'm talking about. Um, do we then not fault them for, for their, what we would consider immoral behavior, um, because th- they're acting in a manner that they believe will get them towards their end faster? Are, are you, who are you talking to? Either of you. I posed a question. Oh. Two people to answer. Okay, I'll let Matt go since I just talked. Oh, my goodness. Actually, you're going to have to say it again. <laughs> oh, I said, uh, then do do we not fault those people, quote unquote, those people um, for their behavior uh, if we give them the benefit of the doubt and the understanding that they're operating in such a manner um, that they believe will get them to their end goal most efficiently, right? They're, they're, they're being the... Infri- as long as they're not infringing on me, I don't care. Well, but they probably are. That's part of it, right? That's well, that's yeah. that's the dichotomy. Well, right. uh, I would say this. Oftentimes, it's it's less, you know, intentions are less important than consequences. You know, I, I'm a consequentialist. So for me, it's less important, you know, that you, you thought that this action you were taking was going to lead to this outcome. When in fact, uh, you know, you, you, first of all, you shouldn't have that belief because there's a lot of evidence indicating otherwise. And secondly, even if, you know, even if for whatever reason you thought that this was going to lead to that, um, it's still the case that it didn't. So ultimately you're morally responsible for that. I think I got that. I'm not sure about the, the, this leading to that part, but overall, got it. Here's the thing, like, uh, let's say you try to kill someone and then you don't kill them. To me, it's, it's you know, I'm not going to say, like, society-wide this would be a great rule, but, you know, I think overall it's better for that outcome than for if you don't try to kill someone and then you do. Okay. I think society would actually be better off if, you know, the first part were more tr- true more often, I guess. So the, the concept of post-scarcity is better off-left as a thought experiment as opposed to an actual goal? Well, you can't accomplish it by being a communist. Let's just say that. Let's just say that um, it's actually capitalists who are, you know, creating a post-scarcity world. And the way that they're doing that is by creating abundance. Um, uh, that's something communists do not do. They don't create abundance. Okay. But once... Yeah, so they're based... They're just stealing shit and they're taking what capital like they're making it slower to get to that post scarcity world. Okay. They're, they're uh, frustrating the goal. Okay. So the best way to get to if, if your goal is abundance and post scarcity, then you should use the mechanism we call capitalism to get there. Definitely. Mm -hmm. You hear that commies? (laughs) <laughs> I think we just reconciled the dilemma. But but this, it's the same thing even even though we're not there yet, it's the same argument. You can't you can't uh get what you want by stealing it because eventually they'll either stop making it or they'll kill you. you know? I hear that. I hear that. But 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 in their defense, right? Theft is an argument uh, preceded by the concept of property, right? And in in a, in a in a post scarcity environment, right? They, there's there's little need for the concept of property, um, aside from as we as we discuss. I will concede the sentimental value of things, right? But aside from that that limited scope 
of property, right? There's, there's no need for that concept and therefore there's no need for theft. So if you're behaving in a manner consistent with where well, you want the world to be, you're I, not even I looking would, at I it would as theft. I still argue that if, if you want to get to post-scarcity, um, there's no need to get rid of the idea of property. It's just not. I mean, sure, it, you know, your, your neighbor has a Lamborghini and you want one too, and then you can just magically have one. You don't have to have his. Right. Um, but it's still his. You don't have to get, you don't have to say, no, that's not yours. You know, yeah. post scarcity just means everybody get, has everything they need. Doesn't yeah. mean you can, you need to take somebody else's. Yeah. So, no, I got you. Right. And that not, not, not the heart of the argument or my, or my, my position on it. Um, it's more so that if, if he has his and you has yours, the, I, the idea, right. The, the, the concept that that is his and yours is yours starts to diminish over time because it's irrelevant. I don't, I don't think it does. Okay. I mean, it's not, it's not as necessary to, uh, uh, hold on to those things, um, that you want, um, as much. So they will have less value, I think. Yeah. That's uh, the diminished, that's the, the diminished concept of property. But, but just because it's worth less doesn't mean, doesn't mean it's not yours. Yeah. But but if it were to be quote unquote stolen and you would just get a new one magically, right? Then the, right. then who who's in possession of it is irrelevant because you you just have a different one. Right? Unless unless, right, which again I conceded, um there's some sentimental value to that particular one in existence. Um the 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 idea of mine is mine and yours is yours diminishes because it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like if you take what is perceived to be mine, right, and I just go manifest another one that magically becomes mine, right? Then who cares that you took the one that we previously labeled as mine? Yeah. I'm not. I'm not sure anybody would care if if someone yeah. took it. But what well, I'm saying what I'm... is, is you could still claim ownership of it. And, yeah. And if and if it upset you that somebody took that particular one for whatever reason, yeah. <laughs> even if you can make a new one out of thin air, um, you know, right. there, there still could be possibility of violence. You know, yeah. less people would resort to violence because it would just be easier to make a new one. Right. But, um, Which is why I'm not claiming elimination. I'm saying diminished value of the concept. Yeah. Right. I'm not. I'm not saying we we give up the uh, in, give up entirely the idea of property, but I can definitely I can definitely see. A, or envision yeah. a world but it, but where happens, the, the concept is so already. diminished. There's, you know, there's places where where food is is really scarce, and a guy walks in with a big steak, and uh, everybody you know wants what he has, right? Venezuela. So, if, so, if, so if you come back, if you go down there and you give everybody a steak, then uh, you know, then then you know you you, sh you know you bring a can of beer with you too, and they oh wow, we really like a beer, and, you know. So now. The, the steak becomes less valuable because everybody already has it and what you know somebody might want to trade some of their steak for some of the beer you know like <laughs> maybe but if there's enough steak and enough beer and enough of everything to go around then nobody cares you know if you have a 12 right, pack right. of beer it doesn't matter which one you grab so so at, at one at, at some point you know the value of the beer becomes less yeah uh, or the steak so uh yeah and and that's so the way to get there is to have abundance the way to get abundance is to have a, a, a well functioning uh economy and the way to have that is the market it's pretty simple <laughs> okay and again i i the the only thing i would say to that is 
I, I tend to agree with you, right? But that's, that's inconsistent with the Gandhi quote, right? The Gandhi quote is be the change you want to see in the world, uh, not work towards the change you want to see in the world, right? Well, so are you trying to answer the question for, for, a, for a communist? Like kind what of. should this communist do in well, that, not, with, with that quote? Yeah, with the quote. And if and 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 so as it depends but on capitalists what, what use the quote too, right? Libertarians use the quote too. They go, well, "We want to see a world so, without the state. Let's operate in a manner such that the state does not exist in our lives." Well, you're, we you're want, already doing that. I understand that, and I and I and I'm trying to say so, that the communist so who quote unquote steals is also doing that for him, right? right he right. has a he has, he has a different world theft, vision. Though. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. make it not theft though, just because he's doing what he thinks is right. Yeah, but it also doesn't make the things I do legal. Right, because most of the stuff right. I do is illegal uh, in the current world that we live in, and I do it right. anyway. Yeah, that's the. I'm I'm trying I'm trying to find a sympathetic lining for those people. Um, no, they're just brain damaged. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, that's the, that's the sympathy. Hey, fix your brain. You know, get some, learn some common sense and respect for other people. Um, and, no, man, this is post scarcity already. They, we just just. I got my Lamborghini, just go get your Lamborghini. doesn't matter that my Lamborghini used to be your Lamborghini. You just go get another one, bro. The same way I got mine. That's all I'm saying. I'm starting with the quote and trying to find sympathy for the people who, who behave in such a manner consistent with the quote, but inconsistent with what we would consider to be moral behavior. Because a lot of people, a lot of people from all sides use that quote, right? Libertarians yeah, use it. Anarchists use it. I, I think everybody should follow their heart. Um, okay. But if they're if they're brain damaged, <laughs> you know, first, <laughs> then they might be misled. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like uh, I think you guys are placing way too much stock in intentions and not enough in consequences. To be completely honest. Well, we we can have a separate discussion on that because there's there is a another line of thought that says the the best way for me to judge your intentions is to look at the results that you've accomplished. Exactly. So it it, it intentions and consequences are one and the same. Because right, well, like, I, w- I would say uh, like Karl Marx or La- Lenin or Stalin or, or any of those guys, you know, they didn't, per- you know, they didn't perceive themselves as evil, right? Nobody like actually wanted to kill tens of millions of people. They were, they had a, di- they just had a different end goal in mind. Uh, yeah. The same could even be said about Hitler, right? Like nobody ever perceives themselves as being evil. Everyone is trying to you know, do the right things. Uh, yeah. Know, for, well, not everyone, but you, you know what I mean. By How do you protect a million saying, Germans? Kicks, kill six million Jews, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So for and from his perspective, you know, he wasn't just some evil guy. He was like, well, you know, here's the problem. And I think, you know, we would have a better world and a better society without the Jews. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, uh, but we judge him based on the consequences, not on his intent. Well, and, and again, I, w- I would say that they're one and the same. Right. Like I, I could make an argument that they're one and the same. So like my my a few years ago, um, I had to fly to the Big Island to pick up my son to bring him down. Right. And and they were supposed to meet me at the airport. I don't remember the exact time, but let's just say 730. Right. They were supposed to be at the airport at 730 so we could reboard the plane without me actually leaving the airport um, at eight. Right. And they were late. Like they pulled up to the airport at like 755. Right. And they said, well, we intended to get there at 7.30. And I said, no. Based on your results of showing up at 7.55, you intended to get here at 7.55. Yeah. 
you may have set your goal to be here at 7.30, and you missed your goal, but your intentions were clear. You intended to be here at 7.55. How do I know that? Because that's when you arrived, right? Your, in, your intention, uh, you know, if, if your result is killing 6 million Jews, uh, then that's what your intention was because that's what you did, right? Your goal may have been a better Germany, uh, but your intention, the only way to judge what your true intention is, uh, is to look at the result you've accomplished, and that's killing off 6 million Jews or showing up at the airport at 7.55 or whatever it is. I, th- I think that's just, you know, re- redefining the word intention is all you've really done there. But what, what I'm talking about is the concept of intention as it's normally used in everyday conversation. Um, and I would say that's a that's goal. A, so you, you could use a different word to describe that. You know, I'm fine, but it's the concept is still there, right? Well, the goal is there. Like I would differentiate okay, between well, intention well, goal. and goal. Okay, well then in that case, well because for me that would be kind of confusing because if your goal, I guess, is you know something good, but then you're doing things that aren't uh, that aren't really accomplishing that goal, like in any way. Right. I would I would describe that as you know having good intentions. Okay. Sure. And and I, I see your point in common usage, and I'm trying to distinguish that in concept because that would be having a good goal and bad intentions, right? We know, we know what your intention is because we can see what the result of your intentions are. We can't see the result. Mm-hmm. We can we can see what your goal would have. We can see what your goal is. We can see how close you came to achieving your goal as a different metrics than we know exactly what your intentions are because that's what you did. I, th- I think you're getting confused because you're saying we know what your intentions were. <coughs> we when... do. Because we see the result. I, I don't know how you can know what's... Because an intention is something somebody forms in their mind. Which then manifests into reality. Sometimes. And that's where that's where we would distinguish the, between the goal, intention The goal and doesn't goal. always manifest into reality, though. So right, you're... Which, is, which is why I'm distinguishing goal and intention. Because I, I intend to be at the meeting at at 10 um, but this interview might go on a little bit longer so it might not happen so i'm i'm well your goal is to be at the meeting at 10 right we'll know your intention based on what time you arrive at the meeting yeah but i might so my intention is to be there at 10 but i i might go longer i might forget or you know something might happen to screw up my intention yeah there might be there might be traffic Right, and so I intend to be there at ten. But what if there's traffic? Well, then again, that that's where I'm saying. Then, inten- then, then my intention switches to you know five minutes later. But then you know, sure, uh, a tornado might happen, and then I I have to change my intention again. But right, an intention is still I still intend to be there at ten though. So you know whether or not I reach that or not doesn't, and and whether or not you you can see it doesn't matter. I still have that intention. Right, and 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 again in in common language. I would, I would, I wouldn't argue that point. What I'm saying is, for, as a different concept, intention is a hindsight view of things, right? We we can judge. We know what your intention is based on your results, and if your result is to get there at ten fifteen, right, then your goal was ten. You did not achieve your goal, but based on your results, we know your intention was to get there at ten fifteen. So you have to you have to look at intention. You have to look at intention always... by looking back on it. It's it's a it's a it's a neat concept, but I I don't think it fits every 
situation. Okay. When when we talk about government, that's usually true. What? Well, government is full of people who have good intentions, right? But then we go like, no, they don't. Like they they clearly intended the bad stuff to happen, right? They they had a mm-hmm. they had a goal to do good, right? They they said like, you know, we're doing this for the children, um, and then a bunch of children die, right? And they go like, well, but but in their hearts they were doing the right thing, and I go, no, they weren't. We we know they weren't because look at the results that they achieved. Right, more children die, more people are in prison. You know, more things are illegal. Everyone's, you know, worse off. Like, I, I don't care. You know what their goal was. Well, um, it's like I know if, what their intentions they, are. If they intend to improve people's lives by creating a, a flu vaccine and accidentally end up giving everybody the flu, um, they didn't intend to give everybody the flu. It's just something that happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Rich, I really think you're butchering the word and uh, kind of redefining it in a way that doesn't, it doesn't really help. I'm thinking, I'm, you know, it just, it, I think it's just creating more confusion. Okay. Like some, sometimes it's true. Sometimes it's true that, that what you're saying, you could say, okay, based on this result, you know, and you repeatedly do it over and over, um, then we can see what you're really trying to do. But, you can't really peer into somebody's mind and, and understand their intention based on what is actually happening. What is actually happening is just what's happening. Yeah, I would also add to that. Whenever if if you're talking about a long term consequence, it's not exactly clear that someone isn't still intending to bring about that long term consequence, even if their short term actions are resulting in uh, things that see that appear to be going against that long term goal or whatever. So they can still be their intent to, uh, I guess, you know, save lives in the long run, even if they're killing people or whatever, or they could at least believe that, anyhow. And uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They might, they might believe it, right? And I'm sure that they believe it, right? All government workers believe that they're doing the right thing, but when we look at the results that they achieve, we go, well, clearly they weren't. Right. Yeah, so I, I would say that they are that that is all part of their intentions. They are intending to do well, but they're essentially just misguided, and they're they're doing the wrong thing. And then the the only thing then I would distinguish is their goal is to do well, and based on their results, their intentions were clear. I would say their their actions are uh, are clear, but maybe not not their because I think intentions describes a mental state. Yeah. It does. It totally does. And the only way, the, the, the way to judge the mental state is to look at the manifestations and the results that that mental state brings to the world. Right. I know, but then you can't see what, what, like if they have a long-term goal in mind, you can't determine that based on their short-term actions. Right. Well, yeah, but that's why I said it's hindsight. Right. Because we can't perceive, because we can't peer into their mind and to see what they think their goal is, the only way to know what their intentions were is by what they actually bring into the real world. Yeah. But you don't know their intention. You assume it. No, I don't assume it. I look at the results. That's what I'm saying. That's why it's hindsight. I I can't assume their intentions either way. I just go like, well, your, your result. You're, you're, you you may claim that you that you your goal was to be here at ten o'clock, right? You you can swear to high heavens 
right? That your intention was to be here at 10 o'clock, right? But I go, well, your res- your results produce 10.15. Yeah, so it's a result, not an intention. Right, but that's... that's There's two different but, words for that. Well, but I'm saying I'm saying the, the, the way... The way to judge your intention is to look at your results because well, I can't all, peer all into doing, your mind. All you're doing is making a judgment, though. You don't actually know. You're just you're just making a judgment for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Because I can't peer into your mind, and and I can't trust what you say because I only can see what you do. So, all, but basically, what you're saying is your your results matter. Your intentions don't. But you you don't know their intentions. Well, I I I know the intention based on the result. Right, I hear the claim, I see the result. It, it, it depends. I judge depends. the result, not the claim. It depends what it is. If it's the government talking, they're usually lying, and so you can, you can judge what they're doing um, based on the result. But based on results, but but they will and, always claim that they had good intentions. Yeah, but that's that's just lying, though. But sure. In a case where somebody isn't lying, well, how do you know? Then, well, you don't, and that's the thing. That's why I'm saying. You that's why you judge you the result. I mean, you can do that. You can judge results all day, but that doesn't mean you know what's going on somebody's in some, inside somebody's head. Yeah, but what's going I, on there? I, st- I, st- I still plan on being there at ten, but there's something that could get in the way of me achieving yeah. my result. Right, achieving your goal. How far? How far is it, by the way? Because it's nine thirty-five. It's real close. And we've only got like five more minutes before you know we hit we hit the hour mark anyway. Okay, I'm just making sure you don't don't miss your thing. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, uh, we should probably get together in person again. I enjoyed that night. I don't know if you guys did or not. Sure. Podcast in we're, real life. It's we're fun. just random uh, internet people. We, we don't actually exist. <laughs> Who do you think you are? No, I'm kidding. No, I think <laughs> See, it's, it's great to talk offline too. You know, like See, I and, and I'll, I'll say this again, Bronson. Like, take the lead, man. Like. Plan something, put out an invite, and then I, we'll show up if we al- can. I almost invited everybody over last night, uh, but I, I had a other thing to do. So, um, yeah, sorry about that. We'll try again next Friday uh, if if you want to, you know, make a make a plan. But I don't usually do that. Usually, just I just do whatever I want whenever I want. So, right, which is which is an excellent <laughs> way to operate. I will I will say this though, um, based on my regular work schedule. Um, Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays, I don't exist in the real world. Like I, I work, I work doubles those days from like 10 AM to 11 PM. And that's, that's my day. My day is shot. So if we, if you do plan something right, Tuesday, Thursday, and weekends are best for me. Um, cause those are the days that there's, there's a likelihood that I could show up. Um, uh, but Monday, Wednesday, Friday is definitely a no go. If you intend okay. to have me be there. <laughs> yeah, let's get Andy there too. I think that was fun. So set something up, Bronson. Right? I've, well, okay, so that's gonna be Tuesday, Thursday, or weekend. So right, and then uh, if you here, or I guess if you want me out, there, those or... are the best. Now, there's I have I have brands all over the place to do this stuff, right? So if you if you go to our Facebook page or Facebook group, Facebook.com/groups/anarchistexperience. Right, I'm pretty sure that I've. I don't know. You, I'm pretty sure you can just create an event, right, and then invite mm. people who, who are like part of the show or listen to the show to whatever event. And maybe you know, like you know, it, it used to be like you know, uh, sponsored events, right? Like 
the anarchist experience presents a night with your host, the anarchist experience, right? Type of a thing. <laughs> um, I've also got the brand, uh, no state 808, right? And you, you, I think there's a group for that too, that nobody is in, but it's a brand, right? To, to bring together anarchists, uh, who live in Hawaii that want to get together, right? I, I met MC, uh, as part of another brand, uh, called the Hawaii Agorist Social Club, which we had like weekly meetups, um, and any number of those branding things can be used to bring us together uh, and also to bring outsiders in who may feel left out um, and want to be a part of something bigger and better uh, than them thinking that they're the only ones who think like us uh, in this geographic region. Yeah, that's a shitty feeling, too. I remember when I first moved back to Maui, I'm like, I, am I the only libertarian here? And finally, I found Joe Kent through like a Ron Paul meetup or something. Right. So, yeah. I'm... So any any number of those things can be used, right? It just it 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 takes uh, leadership and intention that I'm not willing I'm not willing to provide to to make happen, right? Like I, I, my intentions are clear, uh, and we know this because I'm not taking charge on, on any of that, right? So if your intention is to have like meetup groups and more libertarians and anarchists coming together. Well, then make that happen. Um, and then if it turns out that we can set up a microphone and have a roundtable discussion and brand it as like a bonus show or, you know, some weird shit like that, also a possibility because I don't really care. I just I show up and I start talking and that's the end of it. Mm. All right. Final thoughts? Yeah. MC? I'm good. Thanks. All right. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. You guys know where to find us. AnarchistExperience.com, Facebook.com slash AnarchistExperience. Uh, like I just said, if you want to do something in the groups, like maybe plan an event, uh, we do it in Facebook again uh, and the show prep. Facebook.com slash groups slash AnarchistExperience. And if you would like to contribute to the show financially, because now we've got to split that shit three ways, uh, we do it through Patreon. Patreon.com slash The Anarchist Experience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.